Yo, welcome to episode 139 of the Say Coleman Podcast. Today we'll be doing, we'll continue the free agency, I guess you can call this a review, but the last two episodes have been nothing because the last six teams that we've talked about haven't done anything in free agency besides the New York Knicks. Unfortunately, that trend continues today as, like I said, just happens to fall in the, in the order of what we're doing this. Three teams that did nothing free agency-wise at offseason. Besides the Spurs, they picked up a couple big men. But, like, this is a trend now. To next, or was this next Tuesday's episode? Because today's episode isn't an offseason review. It's just, it's a surprise. That's about all I can tell y'all. It's just, it's a surprise. That's all I can really let out. You might still be able to, all right, but a couple of announcements. Y'all might still be able to hear it. The reason Tuesday y'all didn't get an episode on Tuesday is, um, I was sick, man. Like, I've it's a reoccurring thing. It was like I'll just get up and I feel like shit, and I felt like shit for a couple of days. I still have like a, a running nose and all of that, but for the most part, I'm still doing. I'm doing better than what I was Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday was horrific. Or yesterday was a little bit better, but for sure today is is. I think the running those things for today is mostly just me just getting up like an hour and a half ago. So I'm not really feeling myself right now. I got to get up, get active, which I'm planning on doing because I usually go to the gym after these podcasts. So I feel like I'm getting active in the gym, come back, you know, shower, take a little nap, and then get ready for the second episode, which we have a special guest for in the second episode, the first time in forever that we'll have a guest other than Orion Lasley on this podcast. And trust and believe, y'all don't want to miss that episode because this—I think this is gonna be another all-timer because of the guests that we have for this episode, man. So please, 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 please tune in for this episode because Jesus Christ, this is going to be a banger. Just know it's going to be a banger because of the guest. I'm not gonna spoil the guest on this episode, but the guest is going to be an all-timer because it is one of my homies. I I chip I typically like to get one of my homies, give them a bigger platform to express their their views, their opinions, their uh their beliefs, et cetera, et cetera, but in a non-controversial way. As always, we can I guess we can we might as well just dive into it. Actually, we'll get the big news out the way before we get into the review. Because I have some things to talk about. I have some things to talk about because I've seen this argument for the last two days since the NBA uh, schedules have come out, and I want to talk about it. Um, I don't have it in front of me, so I'm going to have to just keep looking up. Opening night, Lakers and the Warriors. Lakers and the Warriors. Yeah. About that one. I, I've again I've seen this argument for the last two days and I want I want people to understand that yes I see the argument. It is still stupid. It's still stupid. I've and again, call me a hater, whatever you want. But I've seen the Lakers being on TV is a good thing for ratings. You know what else? Ha- Helps ratings. 
compelling TV, a compelling basketball game. I don't care if the Lakers have been a franchise for 70 years. I don't care if, you know, LeBron James is probably the biggest face you have in the NBA. I would prefer to watch a compelling basketball game way before I'm watching the Lakers play. I'm not watching the Lakers for their name. I'm watching the Lakers to see if they're a good basketball team. The way this roster is constructed is not a good basketball team. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I sound like I'm hating right now, but Jesus Christ. Like, you can't tell me, like, the Warriors and the Grizzlies on opening night, the first thing you see on the basketball court. Tell me that's not compelling. We just watched the six-game series. It honestly should have gone seven. Seven-game st- series from the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies that, in all honesty, was probably the most compelling thing I watched the last year. And I watched a lot of basketball, as you heard on this podcast. We watched a lot of basketball this year in one year. Enough to fill out almost 100-plus hours of content. We have watched a lot of basketball. But yet, somehow, the Lakers, who, again, you've heard my commentary of the Lakers of the last year, call it bias, whatever. This team has not been good. And they've made minimal changes to this roster. And when I say minimal, I mean minimal changes to this roster. Now, again, it's cool that the Lakers finally, or or the Earths are not finally because it's been like this forever, but are put in a more prominent spot. But at the end of the day, what does it matter if the team sucks? It's horrendous. It's egregious that this is even a, a opening at night game. Clippers Warriors is probably something that's more I'd say more eye catch not more eye catching because the Lakers, you know, glamorous. They got the bright colors and all of that shit. But the real basketball, the I know this is for ratings. I know this is for money purposes. But of the at game sixty when the Lakers probably have their twentieth national TV game of the year. Are people still caring to watch the Lakers because they're out of playoff contention? Are we really caring? All right, then. Now that we got that out of the way, the actual compelling uh, opening night game, 76ers versus the Celtics. A, I'm willing to see what this James Harden, P.J. Tucker, Daniel House, Houston Rockets-esque team built around James Harden instead of Clint Capella. I'm very curious to see what this team is about. And the Celtics are the defending Eastern Conference champions. So, yes, I'd way more prefer to see that team over whatever they're trying to build in, in Boston. Or, sorry, to build in L.A. So, with that being said, a couple other scheduling announcements. They, uh, the Golden State-Boston NBA Finals rematch dates for the 2022-23 season. December 10th is in Golden State and December uh, January 19th are in Boston. I'm very again willing to see what the Golden State I want to see what the Golden State Warriors look like without their the crazy bench. I mean granted they still got a crazy bench because they picked up uh, Jamichael Green, they picked up Dante Vincenzo and they got another a year of the young guys. But I'm curious to see what the the differences are with you know instead of Jamichael uh, Otto Porter's Jamichael Green instead of Gary Payton II, it's Dante Vincenzo. 
I'm very curious to see what this team is about. Uh, MLK Day games, uh, like usually one of my favorite games because they get the the MLK jerseys. But the uh, Atlanta Hawks and the Memphis Grizzlies, at what's well, Heat and the, and the Hawks and Suns and the Grizzlies, those are gonna be two banger games. I'm sure those are gonna go down to the wire. We're gonna get CP three uh, versus John Morant. Heat and the Hawks, we get Trey Young, uh, his redemption against that Miami Heat defense that killed him. Granted, it's without the main guy in PJ Tucker, but the Atlanta Hawks, I mean, so the Heat is still a really good defensive team, even without PJ Tucker. I see, I can see them locking up Trey Young, but also can see the Trey Young redemption where he goes for like 40 and 15 and they win. Two more early season games on the schedule. The Bucks uh, open, uh, open the year on the road against the 76ers uh, on October 20th. I believe that's a couple of days after the uh, after opening night. And the Celtics and the Heat uh, on October 21st rematch at the Eastern Conference Finals. That's the next night, man. So, like, that's that's going to be fun, bro. This is going to be a, a fun opening week. October 19th. Uh, these are all according to Sean's, by the way. I'm not. I didn't create the schedule. So, a uh, notable uh, opener on the NBA is New Orleans and Brooklyn. This is an interesting one, A, because this, I think this is Brooklyn's first game of the season. So, we can see if Kevin Rent's playing or not. But it's the return of Zion and Ben Simmons. Like, those are two guys that were sorely missed in the NBA for their teams for very different reasons. Zion, I think, is the reason the New Orleans Pelicans are, they go past the first round. I'm not going to say contender, but they're going to go past the first round at least. And Ben Simmons is a high-quality role player that's at his peak an all-star point guard. Or even an all-star wing, if you want to give him that all-star three, four, whatever. He's an all-star uh, jack-of-all-trades. We'll put it that way. He is an all-star at his absolute peak. And at his at his floor, he's still a, an elite defender and playmaker. So that's all about, all, like I said, that's still heavy. Like, that's still a really solid role player, but at his peak, it's an all-star player. So easily probably my like I said that's probably the most intriguing like dark horse for the most intriguing game this season just to, to see what they look like coming back here's the one that set Twitter ablaze the NBA Christmas games Bucks Celtics that's a pretty good game Sixers Knicks I'm not interested in watching that game but it's in the garden so why not Suns and the Nuggets, sure. Two playoff teams, two teams I think still can contend. Lakers and the Mavericks, we'll come back to that one. And the main event of the evening, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors. Yes, please. All right, now that we've gotten four out of the five games out the way, let's talk about the Lakers and the Mavericks. Again, I will carbon copy everything so you can skip the next two minutes of this podcast if you want to. But there is no way that y'all genuinely believe that the Lakers and the Mavericks deserve to be a national TV game. Because this is going to be on one of ABC, ESPN, or TNT. Probably TNT, to be honest with you. Lakers and the Mavs. Can I ask why? The Lakers, we again, we've already dogged the Lakers in this episode, but I want to dog them again because, again, this team sucks and somehow is going to get the most national TV games in the league. The Dallas Mavericks, though. 
are we is this a joke like is is this a joke because somehow and again somehow some way we have gotten to the point where we just don't care anymore do we like we don't care we really don't care cuz if we care this much about what the fans want the fans want the Lakers to lose, but they're not a fun team to watch. So why are we putting them on national TV for half their schedule? Like, like is is nobody else asking this question but me? Is nobody asking this question but me? Am I the only person that cares? <sighs> okay, like I I I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it's like, bro. At some point, somebody has to say something in these in these board meetings. Why are we to put the potential of ratings to the or versus the guarantee of a good basketball game? Which one are we gonna are we prioritizing here? Because the Lakers ain't bringing twenty million people to watch this game. I'm just being honest with you. Nobody, 20 million people in the in America ain't watching the NBA anymore. That's just a fact. So why are we sacrificing a good product for ratings? Which brings me to another thing on this uh, on this uh, this thing about the schedule. Um, between literally the future of the league. And what I dubbed the future of the league is the last two top no the, the last two number one picks and the number two picks. The Pistons, the the Thunder, the Magic, and the Rockets, I think combined for like two nationally televised. I'm not talking about TNT because it's not technically nationally televised. That's cable TV. I'm talking ABC, ESPN, those networks. Those are that's national TV. I think Houston may have the most with like two national TV games, but Detroit, Orlando, and OKC have zero. That's Kate Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Chet Holmgren, Paolo Boncaro, Franz Wagner. That's the future of the league. You were Shea Gilgis Alexander, Josh Giddy. We're talking about the future of the league here with those seven people I just named. And somehow, zero national TV games. Those are seven dudes that are going to be perennial. Or Josh Giddy, you know, you can argue about the point guard position in the West. But the other six dudes I named or have the potential to be perennial all-stars in the NBA. And zero, zero national TV games between them. We got a T- The Pistons get a TNT game against the 76ers. And then Thunder and the Magic have their own TNT game, which will probably be flexed because it's like 60 games into the season and they're both teams. Both teams, both of those teams are probably going to be in the lottery. Let's be honest. So, allegedly, two two bad teams with future young superstar MVP level players, probably not. People don't want to watch future MVPs play. People want to watch the Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers. That's all you're going to hear for the next eight months of the season. And, and legit, I will give you the timeline. In October, it'll be. Will the, this new Lakers team be better than the last team, even though the top four players are still there from last year? In November, it's going to be, can the Lakers coexist? 
in December is going to be, you know, flirting rumors about, oh, maybe they resurface Kyrie Irving trades. In January, it's going to be, are they going to flip role players for more role players? That's going to have the same exact result. In February, it's going to be the no result. Nothing happens. Late February, nobody's going to be talking. Are we going to be talking about uh, uh the, why the Lakers made no moves at the trade deadline? Yeah, sounds familiar, doesn't it? In March, it was going to be uh, the Lakers are slowly falling out the playoff rates. April 3rd, they're not going to be in the playoff race anymore, and they're going to be back in the lottery. Well, I guess technically their first lottery pick, quote-unquote, because they didn't have their pick this year, but whatever. In May, it's going to be the Lakers are scouting 700 different people to, for trades. In June, they're going to be trading that first-round pick for a role player that they, is not going to work out naturally. In June, they're not going. They're going to make minimal signings because, oh, I guess they have money cleared up. Whoa, that's crazy. Well, guess what? LeBron James is tied up forty percent of your cap. AD also has another forty percent of your cap tied up. So you have what thirty plus, maybe thirty million dollars in cap space that you got to spread out to fourteen people on your roster. Boom. That's and that's going to work out perfectly fine for you. Yes, you can get decent enough role players, but you're not going to get good enough role players to make this team look presentable in LeBron's 21st season in the NBA. And Anthony Davis, who's playing on average like half the season. Again, it sounds like I'm hating, but let me know when I'm lying. Next. <laughs> you know what? We can might we might as well just get into the review. Good Lord. I've been spent way too much talking about the Lakers. We are going to talk about teams with a future. And by teams with a future, I mean rebuilding teams. So you know what happens with rebuilding teams? They make zero free agency signings. I'm specifically talking about the Thunder and the Magic with this. But the Spurs at least made two free agency signings. They signed a couple big men, Gorgie Jang and Isaiah Roby. I liked Isaiah Roby in OKC. I think he he kind of got lost in the shuffle because everybody on the same on that team is the same age as he is. So he just was the odd man out. But I think he could be a, a perfect fit in the San Antonio Spurs and wouldn't even be surprised if, like, after Jacoberto is traded at the deadline, he becomes a starter at the end of the season. And he puts up decent numbers. I'm not expecting him to get paid or, like, paid big or anything. But, like, I think he could be a serviceable enough uh, five for them, it's, especially if they're, like, full on in the rebuilding, tanking for Victor Wambanyama. I think he can he can uh, definitely be a, somebody that they use as like a, a end of the season first second option just like I said try, as more of a tank, but I think he can be a decent enough contributor for the next couple of years in San Antonio for sure. Um, Gorgie Jane, I don't necessarily understand his pickup because he's a thirty one year old center on a rebuilding team, but hey, he's I think he's still solid enough to contribute on a team. I just don't think he was sent to a team that's going to make him or a team that, that he's basically on a team that doesn't need him. Like they have their two centers in, in Pirtle and in Roby and even Jeremy Sohan, I could see running some five this year too. It's just like, it's weird that they have him just, just locked there at the, as a third, fourth string center on a team that's on, let's be honest, is rebuilding. I, I could see him being a contributor on a contender on a contender or at least a playoff contender, but he's just not—he's just not being picked up by anybody on a, as, as a contender. 
Like he would have been cool to, as like a, a Timberwolves reunion because they right now they need backup bigs. Um, I could see I could have seen him even be picked up by Phoenix if he was going to take a minimum. I don't know why Phoenix didn't call him. And on that same note with the Suns, which which we'll kind of talk about in uh the next is it the next episode? I think we. I know. Oh, I made a mistake. Jesus, I forgot we would. Yeah, I skipped the Suns when we talked about the Spurs and the Thunder, but. We can talk about the Suns, too, in this episode. Why not? But in the same note with the Phoenix Suns, I'm very surprised that they didn't call up uh, Dennis Schroeder's phone yet. If Dennis Schroeder is basically taking minimums at this point, because they said Dennis Schroeder is still a free agent, so he's probably taking the minimum. I'm surprised that Phoenix hasn't called his phone up, If especially if they're looking for somebody that can contribute off the bench behind Chris Paul. He did it in OKC. Wouldn't be surprised if he's able to do it in Phoenix. It's only been, what, two years? I don't think he's regressed that much in two years. But I kind of said the same thing about Lou Williams. I'm not looking up. But anyways, back to the Spurs. They made a couple. Like I said, I've, this team is weird to talk about because they only literally only got first-round picks back for DeJounte Murray, which I can't talk about first-round picks because they haven't happened yet. And they spent three first-round picks, which I've already talked about a month and a half ago, and I already gave my draft grade for them, which was a B. So the Spurs are a weird team to talk about. And I can literally copycat what I said about the Spurs into the uh, Orlando Magic and the OKC Thunder. Because Orlando made zero – well, they, they made no new signings. They re-signed Gary Harris and they re-signed Mobamba. But, A, Gary Harris, I think, is a crime that a contender didn't look at him in a sign-and-trade deal. And Mobamba – I just don't see him being a fit, or not fit, but just a guy in Orlando long-term. So I also thought that was weird that they brought him back two-year deal. Both of them were two-year deals, which I found interesting. So is Orlando trying to make a low-key play in 2024 free agency pool? Question mark? Because, A, I don't a, I don't know what the free agency pool looks like in Orlando in 2024, but I do like the fact that we are going to be watching – Orlando Magic have a deep roster. A deep, they have a deep roster of young talent, but not all of that young talent is going to flourish. I feel like RJ Hampton's probably going to be the one to go. Cole Anthony's probably going to be the six man, and they're going to run a Fulton Suggs in the backcourt, which you can argue if that's a good fit or not. But I I like Cole as a six man long term. Um, they lost Robin Lopez to uh, Cleveland Cavaliers and some minimal pickup that Robin Lopez will be a third string center on the Cavs, so who really cares? I like Robin Lopez as a person, but as a player, he's just he's he's eh. I'm gonna be honest with you. But one team I do want to talk about, we kind of mentioned them earlier with uh, not calling up people's phones. It sucks because a year ago on this podcast. I made the proclamation that the Phoenix Suns were going to win an NBA championship in the Chris Paul era. I specifically said last year. They made no moves to make me think that they, they're going to do it this year. Unless Chris Paul turns Jacques Landale into the next Blake Griffin, prime Blake Griffin, I, I don't see this, this team. They lost their third-string point guard and the fourth-string point guard, which I think would be better fits than the current backup point guard in Cameron Payne, especially after the playoff run he had last year. They lost Alfred Payton, and he's still a free agent, so he could very much well be uh, picked up. But they lost JaVale McGee to Dallas, and they lost Aaron Holiday to the Atlanta Hawks. 
JaVale McGee and Alfred Payton, two guys who made decent contribute, uh, contributions to the Suns, and I think Aaron Holiday should have made a decent contribution, but for some reason they didn't use him. They, uh, I guess you could say traded for Jacques Landale to uh, Jacques Landale. Sorry for my uh, my mates out there. Um, they traded they traded for him in the Atlanta Hawks, which is basically an Aaron Holiday trade because Aaron Holiday went to Atlanta and Jacques Landale went to Phoenix. So, you know, make your own memes about that. But they picked up Damian Lee, who was the meme of the Golden State Warriors for some some reason. He was the meme of the Golden State Warriors, where it's like, oh, Damian Lee's only on the roster because he's Steph Curry's half or was a brother-in-law. That's what it is. Uh, they picked up Josh Kogi without which I thought was a good move. I'm like, wow, Josh Kogi. Well, Josh Kogi, granted, he wasn't being used in Minnesota, and he was like the odd man out in that rebuild anyway. But I think it's a good enough pickup because Phoenix needs defenders. I looked at this ro- up and down this roster, and like Mikael Bridges is the only like consistent defender on this roster. Like Chris Paul is a, I think is a plus defender, but is six foot and is thirty seven. So make that as you will. Devin Booker, I think he made improvements on the defensive side of the basketball, like major improvements. But he's not a, an elite defender yet. Jay, Jay Crowder, I think, has lost some of his touch on the defensive side of the basketball, which is kind of how Phoenix lost its uh, edge last year because they had to put Mikael Bridges on Luca, and that took away his offensive game. Uh, DeAndre Ayton in the paint is basically regressed from the year before on the on the defensive side of the basketball. Still decent on the offensive side, but on the defensive side can be a lot a lot could be uh, a lot to be desired. And like the bench doesn't really bring a lot. Cameron Payne is not a good defender at all. Uh, Landry Shamit he can stay in front of his man. He's a good team defender. We'll put it that way. He's good with communications and all of that, but at, when it comes to one-on-one defense, he's not that guy. Um, Cameron Johnson, he makes like I said, he makes his plays. He's scrappy if anything else. I just don't see him like again one-on-one defense. Defense, he got cooked by Luca last year. Which granted, who didn't get cooked by Luca last year? But it's just like I don't see this team working out long term because of the fact that they have little to nobody that can. That can guard one on one besides Mikael Bridges, and that's why I think Josh Kogi is a good enough pickup because you don't necessarily need him on the offensive side of the ball, but on the defensive side of the ball, he's another guy that can that can that can scrap and can guard one on one. Like that's basically what you need is somebody that can guard one on one, and that's why I would uh, mess with that pickup heavy. But like outside of that, the Phoenix Suns, like I really wanted them to go get a backup big, specifically. Hey, if you're listening to this, Phoenix Suns. Go get LaMarcus Aldridge. I understand it doesn't help you on the defensive side of the basketball. I'm well aware of that. But Phoenix, your bench scoring is god-awful. Cameron Payne being your best scorer off the bench does not make you a contender. I don't care how smart Chris Paul is. I don't care how good of a scorer Devin Booker is. I don't care that Mikel Bridges is probably going to be my defensive player of the year this year. And I don't care that DeAndre Ayton is on the max contract, so he's going to probably produce. Cameron Payne off the bench does not help you win. Lamar, granted, LaMarcus Aldridge ain't averaging 25 and 10 like he did 10 years ago. But he's still a good en- he'll still be good enough to be the best scorer off your bench. Which granted, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but it's better than Cameron Payne. And on that same wavelength, 
I don't understand why you haven't reached out to Dennis Schroeder yet. Again, Dennis Schroeder will take a minimum contract. He basically did it in Boston and will probably do it this year. He will take a minimum contract to get a job. If you don't pick up Dennis Schroeder's phone in Germany, I don't know what the German hotline is, but if you don't pick up Dennis Schroeder's phone and you make a good enough pitch to make him your backup point guard next season over Cameron Payne, yes, over Cameron Payne, I'm finna blow a gasket. If you don't pick up this man's phone, Dennis Schroeder is sitting on his couch as we speak. And you haven't called his phone. That proves to me that Phoenix does not care. They're content with the current roster they have right now, which, in all honesty, is a good regular season team, but it doesn't take you over that edge with the bench that they currently have. Like I just named you, Cameron Payne, Landry Shamit, Cameron Johnson, Josh Okogie, and, and I guess Bismack Biombo will be the backup center. Maybe Jacques Landale, who knows? But that's not a contending backup, uh, backup lineup. If you don't call LaMarcus Aldridge for that minimum and you don't call up Dennis Schroeder for that minimum, LaMarcus Aldridge could run that pick and pop. Lamar, uh, Chris Ball will average another 12 assists a game. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, he could go create his own shot, which nobody on that Phoenix Suns bench can do. I'm just saying, please pick up their phone, bro. I want to see Chris Ball get a ring more than basically anybody on this planet. Devin Booker, say what you want about him. As a person, or even as a person, he's a really good person. He, I think he's a really good person. But as a, as a human being, I think, or even as a basketball player, I think he's one of the most gifted scorers I've seen in my lifetime. I just wish they treated him as that. If they had treated him as that, they would go pick up those dudes' phone. I, talent, you can. T- they have the talent. You can teach the system to a Lamarcus Aldridge. He's willing to lead to learn a system in Phoenix. Dennis Schroeder, I think, is willing to learn a system in Phoenix. Go pick up their phone now. It's all I'm really saying, bro. Last team we want to talk about the OKC Thunder. They gave Lou Dory and Kenny Williams an extension, and for some odd reason, I have like eight question marks around this. But they re-signed Mike Muscala. Why is Mike Muscala still got a job? I love I love Mike Muscala as a person. He's a funny dude. But Mike Muscala on a on a rebuilding team, nonetheless. He's like thirty. He keeps getting these minimum contracts in the OKC. Why? Let that man be free. Let him be free, bro. Let him go to a contender. He's a funny dude, but let him be like he'll always be the butt of the joke because he was the dude that was traded for uh. For Visa Zubak in L.A. Uh, the L.A. to L.A. deal. He will always be the butt of that joke. But for real, let him go to a contender. Let him go back to the Lakers. Shoot. He'll probably be the best shooter on that team. Just just let him roll, bro. Like this. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm only doing this because this, <laughs> the Thunder did nothing in all. They made a bunch of draft picks and they gave Lou Dort an extension. Which... Lou Dort and Kenny Williams getting these these type of extension these these slight overpays not overpay for Lou Dort because I think he's a really good player, but this screams trade assets. Like they're going to take on an expiring plus first round pick for Lou Dort. 
they're going to take on expiring or from a contender. I should say that. Let me put that out there. From a contender, they're going to take an expiring deal for Kenny Williams. Kenrick Williams, sorry, because I know Kenny Williams is is a different person, but Ken Kenrick Williams, Ken Dog, you're they're going to take an expiring for Kenrick Williams and from a contender. These dudes belong on contenders, and I think the, this money is just to tie them up and send them to a contender in a, in a year or two, and let guys like Jalen Williams and and uh, Usman Jane, let those Pokuseski, let those two type of dudes like uh it. Just like let them flourish is the way I'm looking for. Let them get more PT, let them learn the system, and let them thrive in said system, as opposed to letting older dudes like Kenny Williams and, and Lou Dort just uh get the um just get just take basically taking away touches. Like just like I said, I would be okay with them sending them to a contender sending like Lou Dort to a contender or sending Kenny Williams to a contender so they can thrive in a contending system. Because like these are talented players, but they're being stuck on a rebuilding team where Kenny Williams is like 28, 29. Lou Dort is around like 26. Like let these dudes thrive in a in a rebuilding system or in a contending system and let your rebuilding pieces thrive in a rebuilding system. That's basically all I'm saying, man. A couple other uh minor I wouldn't say well, one is a major move. Let me put it that way. Well, one is a minor thing. Willie Collinstein signed with the Houston Rockets a couple of days ago, or it was, a, I believe, the, it was last week actually. But it happened after the podcast uh, went off the air, so we didn't get to talk about it. But also in other news, LeBron James signed an extension. Leaves a player option in the was third year of the deal. I believe it is third or fourth year. Has a player option. Could could go to uh whatever team he so desires. In said off translation, whenever Bronny gets drafted, because Bronny will get drafted just off a of name value. I say he probably goes to. Uh, I'm not even gonna make a prediction. Jesus Christ, <laughs> I told my homeboy. Uh, Detroit for jokes, and he is like, "Why do I see the Pistons making that move?" Like, it's something that would have definitely happened in the Stan Van Gundy era, but I don't think that's happening in this era. But that honestly, it makes a lot of sense. That I mean, it. I mean, his last year will be him playing with Bronny. Let's be honest. It, like, there's no way it's not. But it's hard to predict what team is willing to draft Bronny James and trade for LeBron James or LeBron. If LeBron James is even willing to take a minimum just to play with his son, that's a weird question to even ask, but it's a possibility, man. It is. I think it's a possibility. One final note. I think we could talk about uh, the Donovan Mitchell. The other teams have made offers for to the or major significant offers to the Utah jazz besides the Knicks, which I think is, it's good for the Knicks because they get to rene- renegotiate. Or good for Utah, bad for New York because the Jazz get to re- uh, renegotiate. And it's like, hey, such and such offered me the Ky- the Heat, offered me Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, in multiple first round picks for Boy- uh, Donovan and Boyan. Y'all got to come with a better offer. Otherwise, you know, this could uh, this could really blow up in y'all face. And we can just take the Miami picks and. Go about our merry way. 
and then Knicks will be like, hey, we'll, we'll sweeten the Wiggy Y'all Quentin Grimes and Jericho Sims and Evan, uh, Evan Fournier and whatever offer they made the so desire for Donovan Mitchell or Donovan Mitchell plus something else. Whatever it is, I think it's a going it's going to be significant. Whatever that offer is from the New York Knicks, I think that offer is going to be ridiculous, bro. It is going to be ridiculous. Nonetheless, it's just, I think that's the end. I think we we might as well call it. Like I said, other than that, like not too much has happened in the NBA. Like uh, Alexey Johnson signed with the San Antonio Spurs. Also, by the way, I'm literally just scrolling through Wolves' Twitter. Yep. <laughs> Wolves has been pretty inactive, man. That's disappointing. But yeah, we basically are going to close the episode right there. If you missed the previous 138 episodes of the Zay Coma podcast, I absolutely 115% recommend checking out the last episode. Last episode was probably one of my favorites to make, and it wasn't even a basketball episode. Like, please, please check that episode out. Um, We really appreciate it. We are coming up on the 13th month of podcasting, which is weird for me to say those words a lot that we've been doing podcasts for over a year. But we are, I've, I've enjoyed this podcast and we couldn't be in this situation without y'all. Like every, whether it's listening to the podcast, sharing the podcast, tweeting the podcast out, posting on IG story, posting on the snap story, whatever. I genuinely appreciate y'all for checking these episodes out because without y'all, I could not do this at all i wouldn't be doing this at all if y'all wasn't sharing these podcasts so like continue the support as always i love you you love me let's love each other goodbye